Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. My name is Umu, I feel like everyone should know my name by now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I haven't been consistent um, and the reason for that is obviously because uni, I'm literally in my final year so I'm trying to get that degree man and then as soon as I'm done, I'm, I'm, I'm done with education and cotton and I feel like uni uni especially final year it's just mad especially during lockdown as well like i don't know how people do it but me personally final year has me on ropes literally on ropes i feel like every day i should be doing something like yeah you should be taking breaks and whatnot you know have a day to yourself and whatnot but i feel like especially in final year if you're trying to do the best as you can and get that first class to one or whatever you need to be doing something every day you know yeah I'm, I'm I can't lie I'm tired of education I, I, I'm tired I can't be bothered but I just know in two three months yeah I'm gonna be done 21st of May needs to hurry up needs to hurry up and yeah I can finally start reality shall I say I've been looking at obviously like graduate jobs and stuff like I know what I want to do after uni so I feel like once I've started my actual job, that's when I feel like reality kicks in. Um, but yeah, lockdown is, yeah, lockdown is absolutely mad. Too, too mad, especially in this UK, yeah? This this government is just running off vibes. Like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Like, I just genuinely feel like, yeah, we're definitely going to ha- have to... um. Well, I'm praying we don't, but I feel like some of this shit is written off, I can't lie. I feel like we won't be able to um, do anything in summer, which sucks because I want to actually, like, do something for, like, for my graduation because I graduate in October, innit? Because I get my results, I think, around July time. I definitely want to do something, like, August, like a small little gathering thing, but we'll see, innit? We'll see. Um, yeah, and I hope everyone's, you know, I hope everyone's good. I get, like, this lockdown can be so mentally draining, but, nah, we'll definitely go through it again. Like, we'll, we've done it before, innit? So, on today's episode, yeah, today's episode, I can't lie, it's going to be a deep one, a deep one. Um, I'm basically going to be talking about um, my personal experience when I lost my mum. I don't think I'm going to go into too detail too much. Like, I won't, like, share too 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 much but I feel like just talking about this might help someone that's in a similar boat as me yeah I just feel like it, you know it can reach out and help to help others you know so we have I'm gonna we're gonna have to go way way back 2012 yeah 2012 right cool not 2012 what am I saying 20 2012 July yeah I used to live in Coventry for eight years. Yeah, Coventry. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Scratch that. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, so I was born in Holland. Born in Holland. Um, moved to the UK in 2005. Stayed in London for a little bit. Then moved to Coventry and stayed there for like... Well, lived there, sorry, for like eight years. Then July comes now, 2012... My mum, my mum was a very, 
my mum like loves to grind like she was a very very hard working woman very hard working um, woman um i mean she was a nurse you know back in holland like she was yeah my mum really like i feel like the passion that i have to do stuff in life i definitely got it from her because she's always she was always always grinding you know and she was always like even though she was grinding getting you know the pay was good for her innit she would she would always um like put money in my mine and my sister's savings like she would she want the best for us basically you know that's why she did what she did working making sure that everyone's good in the house which I, I appreciate till this day innit so 2012 July my mum she how can I say this she loves to move around. She doesn't like staying in one place. She does not like staying in one place, yeah. When I was living in Holland, uh, me and my sister, both born in Arnhem, which is a place in Holland, stayed there for a little bit, then moved to Zutemir, then we moved to um, Den Haag, <laughs> then we moved to the UK, and then we also moved around in the UK, but we settled in um, Coventry. She then has decided out of the blue that she wanted to uh, move out of Coventry and just, you know, stay and live somewhere else. And I was just like, oh, not again. Like, mum, like, come on, man. Like, we've, <laughs> we've been moving from place to place to place and I you want to go somewhere else? Like, yeah. Yeah, it was it was long. But, um, so, yeah, she's saying that she wants to live somewhere else and whatnot. And then she got this um, job offer, really, really good job offer in Milton Keynes. That's where I currently live, Milton Keynes. Yeah, she's saying, she's telling me and my sisters and my dad that, oh, you know, she got a good job offer in Milton Keynes. She wants us to move there and stuff. Bearing in mind, I think I was in, what year was I in? Year 10. So I was like around 14, 15. And I was just like, oh, you know what? <coughs> So my mum, like, she can do what she wants. Like, we're all just following it, because obviously that's my mum. So I was like, okay, whatever. Milton Keynes never, ever heard of that place until, obviously, she mentioned it to us. Um, I remember we went for um, a viewing. My mum, me and my mum and my sister. I think think it was me and Jenna, actually. Yeah, I can't remember. All my sisters, I can't remember. Too tough. But, um, yeah, so we went to the house viewing. I can't lie, the house... At the, at that time, it was yeah, it was it was nice, it was nice. The area was nice and everything. I was like, okay, it's it's not too bad, not too too bad. So yeah, we met the landlord and everything. She signed obviously the contract and whatnot. Um, so I think she, we waited until we obviously um. Okay, wait, July. What am I talking about? I'm always done with year ten. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm for done. With, yeah, I'm done with basically year ten. So obviously she. At that time, obviously, she thought it just made sense to um, move then because um, secondary secondary school started again in September. Yeah, September. So she obviously thought, like, instead of uh, us being in school, like, let's say I started year 11 in uh, September, instead of us moving to a whole different city around that time, it just made sense to move during the summer holidays. So, yeah, so we then... um, she then decided so to move around July, end of July, yeah? End of July, 2012. Cool. We're moving out and everything. Got, like, all these vans, sort of stuff in and whatnot. Cool. Um, so then we arrived in Milton Keynes. 
which was um, where things started to go a bit, yeah, it was not, yeah, things started to go a bit uh, weird, shall I say. Yeah, it started to go weird, didn't it? First few days was calm, like, we've, well, we've settled in, you know, and everything. We even, like, started to um, go out, you know, explore the city, went to the city centre and everything, cool. Um, and then, one day, on a normal day, yeah, one day, she started to, um, my mum started to become sick. And I just was like, ah, maybe she just, she's just, you know, ill, like she's got a flu or whatever and whatnot. I don't know, some sort of illness, you know, not, not something deep, innit? So, yeah, she was getting sick and everything. She wasn't looking well. I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, it's just one of them days. So she, like, so she was just resting and whatnot. And then, I f that same day when she started getting sick, it just started getting worse, worse and worse. You know, she was she was vomiting and everything. Um, she didn't look herself. Like, the colour of her, like, on her skin was literally, like, n not there. Like, she literally looked like a ghost. I'm not going to lie. And this is the first time I've seen her like this. So I'm thinking, like, raw, like, <laughs> what's happening? Um, yeah, she wouldn't eat or anything. She just, yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't it. But I would, like, I didn't expect for it to go um, far to the point where she would, she would have, you know, passed away. Yeah, I, like, till this day, like, I still don't understand, like, where this whole her becoming ill came from because literally we were we were moving from quarantine to Milton Keynes you know everything was good and then as soon as we get into Milton Keynes settling in exploring the the um the city she started to become ill and now she's there like what the hell is happening here and at, at that time as well we um I don't think we, we we didn't register at the um doctors because obviously all our deals were still in Coventry kind of thing so going to the GP, to the doctors was a was a myth, not a myth. What am I saying? Was long, <laughs> was long, um, because we weren't registered because we were just settled in. We literally just settled in, and then what's it called? We we went to the GP obviously in Monkeys and we you know asked to see a doctor, but then you know it wasn't it wasn't happening because we still were registered at like the GPs in Coventry. Um, I remember this this one day as well. Um, she was literally, I think, the last like good memory of me and my mum with my sisters. I remember she was. Uh, I went to the shop to get her something, and then, and then she, um, she, Alicia, she was lying in bed, and all I can hear everyone in the room like just singing. I think it was Lady Gaga, I can't remember. But I think it was Lady Gaga for some reason, I can't remember. I think it was Lady Gaga. Um, yeah, we, it was just good vibes, man. Everyone was just there together, you know, just around her, you know, spending time with her and stuff. Oh, yeah, and I forgot it was Ramadan as well. Yeah, I think it was Ramadan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Ramadan as well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's the last memory, like the good memory um, of um, my mum. Yeah, everyone was just, yeah, just being around her, just, you know, it was good vibes and whatnot. Cool. Um, So we couldn't obviously get an appointment <coughs> at the GP in Milton Keynes. So instead, we um, we had to um, drive all the way back 
to Coventry, <laughs> we had to drive all the way back to Coventry. Bear in mind, my mum was very, very sick, like ill. Like ill, ill. It wasn't like something like, it wasn't like, was it like cancer or anything like that? But she was just ill in it and she don't, She was not in a good state. So we had to literally get in the car. My dad had to drive us all the way back to Coventry. And literally, when I tell you, I was, I can't lie, I was, I was shook. I was shook. I was literally holding on to her, making sure that she's okay. And, you know, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was shook. You know, I'm like the oldest, I'm the oldest I've ever, I've all my siblings. And yeah, it was just, it was too much for me. Like, bearing in my all my other sisters were just, they didn't really like know, knew what was going on. But me, I was just like, yeah, this is something that I've never seen. I've never seen it like that. So yeah, so we were on our way back to Coventry. I remember this this day. So now we're in August, okay? We're in August now, yeah? 5th, not, was it 5th? Yeah, 5th of August, 2012, yeah? We arrived in Coventry. Bearing in mind, it was like a 45-an-hour drive, I believe. We got to Coventry now. Um, My dad dropped, dropped us off, dropped me and my sisters off to um to my auntie's house, yeah? Cool. That's the last time I see my mum alive, yeah. Basically, I'm saying I, I but at first I refused. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave the car. I didn't. I didn't want to leave her by herself in it. I was like, I want to go with her to the hospital. Like, I want to be. Like, I want to be there in it, not knowing this. That's, that is the last time I will see her alive. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm sitting at my auntie's house now. Um, just waiting, waiting on updates and whatnot. And then I go to my other auntie's house. This is my mom's younger sister. And we were just waiting on an update. You know, me and my sisters, we were just like, we need to like, what's happening? Like, what's wrong with mum? So yeah, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then, I, f I can't remember what time, what time, I can't remember what time, but I know it was evening time, innit? I remember this, so, ah, uh, okay. I was upstairs in my cousin's room, just, um. Yeah, I was in my cousin's room on my phone and whatnot, just trying to distract myself in it. And then I'm hearing um, people crying downstairs. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on downstairs? Like, what is happening? Cool. I'm going downstairs. Uh, this talking about this moment is, is mad, I can't lie. It's bringing back terrible, like, flashbacks. But yeah, um, so I go downstairs now. I go downstairs and I'm seeing my auntie and everyone cry. But the one person that shook me the most was my dad, innit? My dad. Um, he was very quiet, very quiet. And he had tears in his eyes. Bear in mind, I've never seen my dad cry, yeah? And then my auntie is saying, your, your mom's, you know, she's dead, she's passed away. And when she told me that, I was just like, whoa, 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 what? I remember I fainted, yeah? I genuinely thought I was in a dream. I genuinely thought I was in a dream. I fainted. I remember I fainted, yeah? And I was like, nah. Nah, this can't be true, man. This can't be true. And I literally just started crying bare, like... I just started crying bare, started crying bare. Um, yeah, it was, I, yeah. 
I was just in tears, man. Literally everyone around me was in tears. Literally everyone around me was in tears. In tears, man. Yeah, that, that whole moment was... um. Can't lie, it was probably the worst moment in my life. In my life, literally, I would not wish this on my worst enemy. Literally, no, I just, I, at that time, I don't know how my like my emotions and my feelings like it was. Yeah, it was all over the place. That's all I'm gonna say. It was all over the place. Like what? I just got told that my mom's passed away. Like you know what it is as well. We never knew that this was coming, if that makes sense. We literally was in a process of, you know, well, we've moved to Milton Keynes, start a whole new life there, you know. I'm basically going to year 11, GCSE time, you know, trying to get my grades, you know, to get into sixth form and stuff, not knowing this is what I'm going to be going through. Do you know how mad that is? (laughs) I might be laughing now, yeah, but I feel like, I feel like if I don't laugh or smile or anything, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna cry. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna do that. You know, I'm not gonna cry. And I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I've been told, obviously, my mom's passed away now. In the first few weeks, when I tell you lot, <clears throat> I did not eat. I did not sleep for days. Did not sleep at all. Did not sleep. Did not eat. I was still processing the fact that my mom's passed away. My mom's passed away, yeah? And you know what it is as well? My mom was a very, very, very known person. Like, literally everyone knew my mom, loved my mom. Obviously, when everyone heard about my mom, literally, it just, the news just went, spreaded, like, everywhere, you know? Um, people were coming to my uh, auntie's house, you know, sharing their condolences and whatnot. I couldn't even catch it, but like, I couldn't even have the space to like process what has just been told to me, and my sisters, because people kept coming and trying to, you know, sh- you know, show their con- condolences. But you know, I appreciate, but at the same time, f- I was literally what fifteen, and I just got told my mom passed away. Literally, and I'm I'm trying to. There was literally no no like privacy at all. Literally, like every single day, someone will have someone had to come to the house. Literally every single day, every single day, people were at the house, at the house. I couldn't even sleep. Like let's say if I wanted like a one hour, two hour nap, I couldn't even do that. People were calling from um from Holland. From from Germany, Belgium, all them countries, from Africa, America. Like literally, my mom was a very known person. She was loved by so many people in it. Kept ringing my auntie, my dad, every literally people want to speak. To, like yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. I couldn't even have the time to myself. It was yeah, it was a lot. It was it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Um. So. I'm going to fast forward to a few weeks now because I feel like the first few weeks everyone was just coming to the house to show their condolences and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I feel I'm going to fast forward to the, I think the hospital said that we were, we can see the, um, her body in it. Uh, this, this moment as well, mm, it 
I think I'll I'll never forget this moment. You know, going into the hospital and seeing her and seeing her body on the on the bed. Uh, literally, when I tell you, lot got into the hospital. Yeah. They obviously then the doctors and whatnot. They showed us the room. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hmm. I got into the room and I just started crying. Started crying. Started crying like crazy. Started crying like absolutely. Like I was just in tears because, <laughs> like that's that's my mom. That is that is someone that literally brought me into this world brought me into this world and now she's gone like it's just so so mad like i said this is what this was so unexpected so unexpected no one saw this coming literally no one no one saw this coming so i'm in the, we're all in the hospital room now and she uh she she genuinely um looked like she was sleeping. She genuinely looked like she was sleeping. She didn't look like she was sleeping. And at this point is what I obviously I was in denial. To be to this day I'm still in denial. Like yeah, I'm twenty three years old, but I still haven't accepted that she's not here, if that makes sense. And I feel like I feel like people need to understand when someone when you're like when you've like lost someone close to you, there's no time frame on how to um cope with that. I feel like. Um like as with, with me for example, like I lost my mum when I was fifteen and I'm now twenty three. And I'm now twenty three. And till this day, I'm still in denial. I'm still coping with it and I'm still like, I still haven't accepted that she's not here, if that makes sense. And I feel like the days that hits me the most is um, is the Mother's Day and her birthday. And also, when I, feel, when I graduate is what I feel like, not knowing that she's not, that she's not going to be there, it's, it's mad. It's, it's, it's so, so, so crazy to me. Like, it's just, oh, it's, it's mad. It's, yeah, it's mad. But yeah, let's go back to the hospital. So we're in the hospital room now. I've seen her lying there. Me and my sisters, my dad, my auntie, my uncle. The one person that obviously I feel for the most is my little sister, who was five at the time. And she, I feel like she was definitely too young to understand like what was going on. She was definitely too young to understand what was going on, but... I don't think it hit her till uh, when we obviously left, when me, my dad, and my sisters left Coventry to be to move back into to move back to go back to um, to Milton Keynes. And I remember, oh, I'll never forget this day. I'll never forget this day. She, my little sister, who was five at the time, yeah, he was she was five, yeah. She said, "Oh, is mum at work? Like, where is she? Where is she?" <sighs> when she said that. All I had to, all I did, was hug, hug her, and just ask to stay quiet. To be honest, because I'm not gonna explain to a five year old that she's lost her mum. No, that that doesn't make sense whatsoever. 
<laughs> it it doesn't make sense. So yeah, let's go back to the to the hospital. Yeah, okay. Let, I need to, yeah, I need to go back to the hospital. <sighs> so yeah, um, so we've seen the body now. Is yeah, it was, it it was tough. It was hard, hard to see her like that. Um. But yeah, it was hard to see her like that. I don't think I stayed in that room for too long. I just, I left because I just couldn't see her like that. Just couldn't see her like that. And then, obviously, the funeral comes now. We had one in Coventry. And when I tell you, like, it was packed. Like, the mosques and everything was packed. A lot of people came through. Came through which I highly appreciate as well. Like, I appreciate for everyone that came through that day. That day was, yeah, it was hectic. It was a lot. Emotions were very, very high. Yeah, emotions were very high. By the time we, we didn't have, like, the coffin or, or anything like that because my dad obviously wanted to uh, bury her in Africa instead of the, instead of the UK. That yeah, the funeral, the first funeral, it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot. And then obviously the second one, we ha- which happened in London, um, I didn't go to that one. Um, the reason why I didn't go to that one is because that's where they had the coffin and everything, the casket, and, and you know, that's where she, she was in that coffin, and I didn't want to see her in like that. Like I couldn't get myself to see my mom lying there in her coffin, like, I could not do it, I could not do it, I, I feel like, till this day as well, I do regret it, but at the same time, like, mentally, I was not there, I didn't want to be in a place where my mental state was not it, because I would have just lost it, I would have just lost it, so I just stayed with my two younger sisters, at my auntie's house, and only one of my sisters went with my dad and my auntie, because a lot of people kept wanting to obviously show their condolences, you know, make a prayer dua and everything. So a lot of people went to that one as well. Um, and but I just couldn't see my mom like that. Like I genuinely could not see my mom like that. Like it's just it was not it. Like it was not it for me. I'm so sorry. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I feel like, and that's okay. You know, knowing. Like knowing that your your mental state was not was not in a great space, and then you know putting yourself in that position where it just can go overboard. Like I just I just personally I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I just stayed home with my two sisters, and I just was there for them. So that was uh, so that yeah the funeral was was it was a lot it was a lot until during that time as well I still wasn't eating great. I still was not eating, sleeping, sleep where, did not sleep at all, couldn't nap, I, I couldn't nap, like, it was just impossible, my mind was literally, literally was just, it was, yeah, my mind was going crazy, I can't lie, I, I, my mind was going so, 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 so crazy, terrible, terrible time, terrible time, I'm gonna fast forward to... Because I think once, obviously, the funeral was were done, my dad and my uncle, they obviously went to Africa, Guinea, um, West Africa. Um, yeah, they went there, and they obviously buried her there. Yeah, 
so obviously when my dad came back I just knew that I just knew that yeah that my mum was she's not gonna be here with us she's not she's not gonna be here with us and that was just a lot to like take in especially for a 15 year old it was a lot to take in a lot to take in it really really was it was a lot it was a lot but yeah um I'm gonna fast forward to leaving Coventry and then going back to Milton Keynes, yeah? So we obviously said our goodbyes to my aunties, my uncles and whatnot in Coventry. We then went back to Milton Keynes because obviously my mum's already signed a contract, you know, everything's been, deposit has been, you know, put down everything. Cool. Um, what I realised during that time, because it was August as well, it was Ramadan and everything, and, and obviously I was uh, starting year 11. Now, this is where I feel like during that, okay, during that, during that time when we moved back to Milton Keynes, when I tell you guys, I had no time to myself to process what has happened. I didn't have time to process my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, literally, because because um, I was going to year eleven, so that's basically GCSE exam. That that was ser- that was a serious year in it. So in my head, I was thinking. So basically, what in my head, what I did was, instead of understanding those emotions, understanding those feelings, understanding those thoughts, I literally buried all of that. To this, I put that one to the side. I was like, you know what, I'll deal with that later. Let me just go. Just let me just go to school and get my GCSEs. And I can't lie, that's probably the worst mistake I did. Even though I wasn't crying every single day, or I wasn't, you know, really showing any sort of, like, I wasn't really, like, I don't, I didn't feel like I was grieving, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't feel like I was grieving. Putting your feelings and emotions, burying them is the worst thing a person can do. I'm, I'm being so real with you lot, because one day it's gonna come and bite you. It's literally gonna come and hit you out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And I learned this the hard way. I learned this the hard way. I learned this the hard way. So yeah, let's, so September now, September 2012. Started a whole new school, even though I lost my mom a month before, right? Luckily I did well. <laughs> I did well in my, um, in, in my exams. I did well, but at the same time, I feel like I had to just get on with life. That's how I'm gonna put it. I had to get on with life. I didn't have time to to process everything if that makes sense. Which was so. Uh, it was yeah. I just. I that. Uh, it was a lot. I feel like I had to. I had to step up for my sisters because I'm the oldest, right? I'm, I had to step up and be a good role model to them, and show them that. Show them. The whole, oh, um, you need to be strong, you know, that I had to show them that because I feel like if I was always crying, you know, doing all sorts, 
then I feel like that I just in my head I feel like I should have just I should just I should have just been I can't even speak English. I should just um what's it called? I just basically needed to be a role model for them, just be there for my sisters, especially my young sister who's who was five. I had to be there for her. I had to be there for her. So in my head, this is how I this how this is how I saw it. I've lost my mum, yeah. But I'm starting year, I started year eleven. Go into school, get your grades, get your grades, pattern, pattern your grades. Because education to me is very important. Education to me is very, very important. Hence well, that's why I'm in uni, you know? Education to me is very, very important to me. So instead of dealing with all of that emotions, all of that feeling that I've been burying, 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 burying. In my head, I was like, Umu, you need to go and you just need to go into school and do what you got to do. Do what you got to do and be a role model for your, for your sisters and be there for them. I literally, I literally felt like I was the mother. I was the mother. Even though my dad did, did an absolutely um, great job, my dad did an absolutely great job, shout out to him, my dad did an absolutely great job. I still f- felt like, because I'm the oldest, I had to basically do the whole mother role. I had to. And it was just like, <sighs> it was a lot of responsibility for me. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot. And I feel like like I'm thankful that I've even managed to get through year eleven. Because I could have dropped out, you know. I could have dropped out. I could have been like, you know what, bun this, I'm not gonna I'm not going to, to um year eleven. Like I just don't I I just don't, I didn't wanna go to I couldn't have not attended school. Like <laughs> I could have stayed at home, you know. But instead, because I know how much education meant to me. I know my mum would have wanted me to, you know, umu, go to school. Go to school and get your grades. I know she would have wanted me to do that. And my dad is well. My dad is very, she, he really, really wants all his daughters to do well. He, he's always pushing us to do, to do the best, you know? And I felt like, I know, I felt like I had to just basically pattern up quickly and do what I gotta do and make my mom proud that's what that's the mindset that I had forget all how you were feeling forget how I was feeling forget all of that I just had to pattern up go to school be a role model um be the uh, 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 step in the whole new mother role for my sisters I had to do all of that but then, at the same time, at the back of my mind, I, I was thinking, but where is, you need to t- have time to um, grieve. Like, when are you going to give that space for yourself? When when are you going to do that? And when I tell you guys, the only time, that, that time, when that time came, I was in, um, what's it called? I was in, um, in uni in Nottingham. Yeah, I went to um, University of Nottingham. And I felt like when I left to go for uni, right, 
and I had my whole, my own space, own privacy. No one is there disturbing me. That is when those emotions, those feelings, those thoughts hit me. And when I tell you guys, huh, ha, 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 hmm, it was an absolute, it was a battle. I was basically having a battle with myself. I've never, ever experienced those thoughts, emotions, those feelings to that extent, to that extent, <laughs> where I had to go and seek um, therapy. And I think, I, how old I was, I think I was, um, I think it was 19, I think, 18, I can't remember, 18, 19. So three years later, that's when I did something about, that's when I was like, oh, okay, we now, because I've done year 11, I've done sixth form. Now I'm at uni. Because with uni, I, I moved out of my... I obviously said I'm going to do accommodation in uh, um, in first year. So that that meant I had I um, left my house to stay in a whole new city by myself. By myself. With no family, no, no one. Just me. Just me. And... Like I said, that's when all those emotions, those feelings that I buried before, that I didn't do anything about it, that is when it hit me. I wouldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. I would overthink. I would cry. I would be crying. I would be crying 24-7. And also because I'm Muslim as well, my, uh, like, praying five times a day, that was not on my mind. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be so real. That was not on my mind. Mm -mm. Because I didn't give myself the space, the time to process everything back then. Is now everything is hitting me, and that, and now it's what's it called? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like deal with it. But it just got out of control to the point where I had to. Well, I decided to obviously um seek therapy. And I can't lie. <laughs> My first therapy session, the the, ther the counsellor that I was seeing did not do it for me. Did not do it for me at all. I'm so sorry. I don't know what it was, but she did not. Like, it was, it was no. Because the person that I am, I'm a very hard person to, like, open up to anyone. Literally, I'm, it's, it was very, very hard for me. I mean, I feel like it's different for everyone because I know some people, okay, not some people, but I know that there's there's people out there like, I know that therapy is not the straight um, answer for anyone, but I feel like, how do I say this? I know that I knew that that depression, like I, I knew that I was depressed, severely depressed. But suicide was on my mind, but I never, like, had, like, I don't think I had the chest to ever, like, commit suicide, if that makes sense. But suicide, was, like, don't get me wrong, suicide was definitely on my mind, like, literally, because my mum is not here anymore, I was just like, well, like, what's the point? What is the point of life? What is the point of life the one person 
that brought me into this world. My everything. Literally my twin. Me and my mom, she was my twin. Is not here anymore. She's not going to be here for my graduation. She's not going to see... She's not going to be here for, for um, you know, my wedding. You know, she's not going to see the things that I'm going to accomplish in life, inshallah. She's not going to see any of that. So now... <laughs> I'm in a whole city trying to do uni, you know, but all these lack of all these these uh all these emotions and everything, you know, it was just hitting me out of nowhere. I would be sad, moody, angry. I would be angry. I was angry. I was very angry. Very. I was angry. Now I was I was I was pissed, man. I can't. Like, I was I was very angry. Which, yeah. I was just yeah. It it was a lot. University of Nottingham. It, being at University of Nottingham, it was a lot for me. And also the course I was doing, I was not feeling it. There was the support from like lectures and stuff was not it. It was not it. My mental health was so bad, so so bad. I decided to drop out of that unit and find a diff- find a different uni and do something related to mental health. And I did that. And until this, and I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that I've found a path and do what I like and enjoy it. Cuz I was <laughs> I was studying philosophy before and I can't lie yeah, philosophy was interesting, but I feel like, because with me, how I see things, right, when I do something, I always look at the long term of things, long term of things. So with philosophy, I feel like career-wise, I just feel, feel like, what can I do with that? Like, like, what can I do with that? You know? And I've always had an interest, I've always had an interest in mental health. My whole life has always been like that. I've always had an interest. So now that I've... Well, I didn't drop out, but I... What's it called? I, um... Once I finished first year at, U, at, at, at Nottingham, I've managed to obviously look elsewhere, did my personal statement again, all of that. I obviously, um... The, the course that I'm doing right now is the psychotherapy and counselling. Um... And I'm enjoying it. I like, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing seeing things, seeing how the way people behave, why they do what they do, who they are, you know, from a like a counseling perspective. It's just so, so interesting. So interesting. And I feel like as well, like I'm I'm gonna just be straight up here. I just feel like we need more black people in the mental health nursing we need more black people in that field we need we need more people we need more people in that field we we need more people in that field and yeah i feel like this was a sign like dropping out of University in Nottingham and finding, f- f- finding like your path, like your career and everything. Like, 
yeah, this was a wake up call for 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 me. Um, and I felt like removing myself from an environment that was not good for my mental health is probably the best thing that I did. Um, yeah, it was probably the best thing that I did for myself, I can't lie. And when I tell you guys, when I came to my uni, to the new uni, which is Plymouth now, um, so much, I just felt so much happier. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, obviously, like, I'm still in the grieving process and whatnot, but I felt a bit more content with life, you know, because I know what I want to do. Like, I know what I want to do now. Like, I know what I want to do with my life. Like, you know, career, like, I know what I want to do. You know, like, I want to help people that experience mental health problems. Yeah. Especially in the black community. Like, we need more people, like, more black people in that, in that um, sector. And now, knowing that the course that I'm like, I'm in my final year, knowing that I've got this key skills of a counsellor, therapist, knowing how to talk to a, someone that's suicidal, like, it's just, yeah. I don't want to, I don't know what I'm saying in it, but I just feel like, in like, right now I'm content with life. But don't get me wrong though, each day I'm getting stronger. I know that I'm getting stronger because before, let's say, um, okay, my mom's birthday, yeah. After my mom, my mom's birthday would come up, it was absolutely, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. But now, I could generally just literally pray for her, make dua for her, yeah? And I know that she is in a better place. Because I can't lie, this dunya, this this world is messed up. It is messed up. It's messed up. Messed up. But I know now that she's in a better place. I know that for a fact. And I feel like everything that I do now in this life, yeah, is for her. No one else, no one else can tell me nothing. It's only for her. Literally, trying. I'm trying my hardest to make her proud. And I know she's looking down, like... I know she's looking down at, um, you know, at me and, my, and all of my other sisters. Like, I know she's... I know she's... I, like, I can feel, like, her presence as well. Like, I can feel it. And I feel like it's what's helped me as well. is um, going to, yeah, okay, reaching out for help, I, I would highly recommend to people who are in a similar boat as me or have lost someone close to them. Because when I did therapy in Nottingham, it didn't, yeah, I just didn't like the therapist. I'm not going to lie. But when I came to Plymouth, I remember this one day, ugh, I remember I was um I remember I woke up in one foul mood, one foul mood, one foul mood and I didn't care about anyone, anything. 
did not care about anyone. Did not care about anyone. I didn't. And I, and my seating pattern as well was such a mess. It was, I would stay up to like nine o'clock, seven, eight a.m., whatever. Overthinking, overthinking 24-7. My sleeping was, my sleeping pattern was was so bad, I had to go to the doctors. I, I booked an appointment with the doctors. They obviously told me, I told them, like, obviously my situation. And then they, the doctor said that it could, it could be um, depression. And I feel like I already knew that, to be honest, I'm not going to lie. I was severely depressed. I, I, to I, I knew that, but I just feel like at the time I didn't really acknowledge any of my feelings. Like I said before, I had to step up, be that mother role, and go to school. You know, trying to be a a a good role model for my siblings. I had to do all of that whilst I'm grieving as well. And like I said, if I it, I didn't deal with that, but it, then it hit me, it hit me, and it it you know it was a lot for me. It was a lot for me. So when I went to the doctors, they obviously gave me flipping um, what's it called sleeping pills. I mean, it worked for like a week or two, but after that, they didn't do anything for me. I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm not gonna lie. So what I did, I emailed the counseling service here on campus. This is Plymouth now. And I saw a, a therapist and yeah. Damn, I did six sessions and yeah, it was talk I was talking a lot. I was talking a lot, talking about obviously the past in my mum, you know, traumatic events and everything that's happened to me. It was like it was a, I was literally unloading so many thoughts and feelings that was I kept that held in for such a long time, and I just released it. And I can't lie, therapy might not be for everyone, but for me personally, I felt like just releasing all of that, those feelings, those emotions. It felt so good. I feel like weight has been lifted off my shoulders like I know it's not going to bring my mom back like I know that but at the same time I'm, I've seen I see life differently I see things differently going to therapy as like the way I think and everything is the way like that the way I think now is completely different to two three years ago you know it's completely different but going to therapy has allowed me to deal with my emotions better, change the way I think and see things. And it's allowed me to grow as well into, into a whole different person. Yeah, so therapy did help me, but also, my faith as well. Like even though it, there was days it, I was struggling to pray five times a day, not even one prayer. There was days I was genuinely, I just couldn't get myself out of bed. I just couldn't, you know? But now, 
rocking. Not what yeah, I would say over the few years, shall I say, one or two, like my prayers like praying now is, is getting better. It's definitely they're getting better and I feel like I'm just so content with life right now. So content with life right now. Like literally I'm just yeah. <laughs> like I'm in such a better headspace than I was before, if that makes sense. But that's because I've reached out to help. And I feel like some people find it so shameful to ask for help. Like there's actually nothing wrong with asking for help. It doesn't have to be like therapy. It can just be like talking to a close friend, someone that you trust, someone that you trust. Because I'd rather, you know, have my, my any of my friends talk to me about something than suffer in silence. Like I get it won't take the pain away, but talking to someone, it's just like, a weight will like lift your, it's lifted off your shoulder, innit? Instead of just dealing everything by yourself, there's actually nothing wrong with asking for help. And I feel like, especially in the black community, yeah, there's a whole stigma about talking about your emotions. Like we've been told to, okay, especially like men, innit? They've been told to not obviously express their the way they feel and stuff, which I think is so and such an unhealthy trait to have. Like it's just not a, it's such an unhealthy trait to have. And I, I hope one day we'll get to the point where everyone feels that they can talk about the way they feel instead of dealing everything by themselves. I'm, I'm praying like that day comes because I can't lie, dealing like this is some this is coming from someone that's you know dealing with like um, you know emotions and stuff by. By, by themselves is not it is not it is not it like yeah till this day I'm still grieving like, I still like mourn a lot of my mum but now because I'm older now I'm 23 in it I've I see things differently now the way I think it's changed completely yeah and I'm always type of stuff that I know my mum is always watching me. She's 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 with me 24-7, like I know that. And anything that I do is to make her proud and that's it. That's that's like the motto that I've that I'm gonna stick to for the rest of my life. Like I, I know it's so it's it's painful to know that she's not gonna be here. Like I know that it's such ugh, it's 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 a lot. It's 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 mad, like Till this, I still can't believe that she's not here. I'm not gonna lie. I still can't believe she's not here. But I feel like when it comes to grieving, yeah, there's actually no time frame. Like it can take someone five, ten years to grieve, and that's completely, completely, completely fine. Completely fine. It's actually because me myself, mom, it's been. This shit is gonna come. Is gonna come. Um, yeah, nine years since my mom passed away. And you know why? Why I feel? Why, why I know? Well, I know that I've, I've like changed completely. Like, you know, I've become stronger because when obviously, when you know, when it's like when fifth of August comes, yeah, I don't. I don't even cry anymore. I don't. 
I don't even cry. I literally just look at the picture, literally just go through up my pictures with me, my mum and my sisters and just smile really because I just know that she's in a better place. I know that she's in a better place and I know that she's watching me and my sisters and that she's proud. She's proud. She's She's proud, like I know that she is. But I totally get, like, experiencing, like, losing, losing, like, your mom, not your mom, sorry, losing your parent, shall I say, is hard, is hard. There's some days, some weeks, some, you'll be good, you'll be great, and then there's some days you'll be like, ah, this is not it, man, like, <laughs> this is just not it, and that's completely fine, but I feel like, there are, there are ways to deal with that. And in the next episode, I think I'm going to talk more about that. How to, like, the ways, the, the ways to obviously to deal with, you know, losing your, your parent or a loved one. Because this episode is basically just my experience and how I dealt with it. I'm going to talk about the, that probably next episode I don't know when but I feel like just to go in more detail about the way to 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 obviously um <laughs> to um to cope with losing a parent or a loved one because I feel like it's just needed man especially at a young age as well like yeah we need more people to speak about that for those who are in a similar boat as me but yeah this has been my experience Just want to end on a positive note. <laughs> like, I know it's hard. Like, I know it's hard. Losing a parent, like, I know it's flipping hard. But just know that your parents is watching over you and that they're proud of what you're doing in life. And it's actually okay to not be okay like it's okay to be upset to be I angry mean, it's okay because that's normal when you're grieving that's absolutely normal you know and I feel like I don't want like like I get that therapy is not for everyone but there's other ways to reach out i.e talking to a trusted family member a friend or your partner if you're in a really like you know and yeah yeah, that's just, yeah, that's me. I think I'm going to end it on here. But, yeah, hopefully, hopefully um, you guys can, not you guys, but hopefully someone will, like, learn from this. Um, but, yeah, that's me. <laughs>